morning, everybody, and welcome to the Cambridge Vineyard. Today, we're live streaming from the Fellman home. So we welcome everybody. So for those of you who are members of the Cambridge Vineyard, you have been getting, uh, you have gotten an email and a video update on what's been going on. Look for more. Uh, we'll be keeping you up to date on that. Um, currently, we have uh, some of our friends are in hospital with COVID-19, and currently there are four that we are aware of that their situation is critical, and breath inside the lungs is exactly what they need at, that, at this moment. We are continuing to stand for a transition in the way COVID has been taking over our region, and we're continuing to stand because we fight not against flesh and blood, but against rulers and principalities in the seen world. And so let's just take a couple of minutes to join together as one voice, yeah. despite the fact that we're not together yeah. physically, and let's lift up everyone who is needing breath inside their lungs um, this so let's morning. Pray for them. Yeah, let's, pray let's for do them that. As a, as a church community, Lord, we lift up each and everyone, um, not just in our family, but extended family right around the world. Mm -hmm. um, as, as we navigate through this global pandemic, there's been many trials, tribulations, stretching, uh, adaptation to change for all of us. And, uh, you know, it's evidence as we sit here streaming live from our home um, that we continue to adapt to change and, and what this all brings. Um, but you're victorious in all of this. And Lord, I pray that you give us eyes to see your hand move in in these moments of mm -hmm. challenging times. We know you're with us. Sure. We know that you're good. We know that you love. And this is the foundation of what you do always. And so in these moments, help us to see how you're navigating your love, your generosity, your grace in these moments as we are stretched to become something greater and bigger and eventually, one day, we all get to see you, be with you. Um, so in these moments, Lord, be it whatever it is that your will is in the moment, mm -hmm. we pray that you'd be with us and that your name would be glorified in, in the moment. Father God, we just speak to lungs to be opened right now in Jesus' name. I pray for wisdom over all the nurses and doctors around the world as they pivot to try and save lives, Father God. I, I ask that, well, Lord, we release your ministering angels and your healing angels, your supernatural realm to be made manifest, Lord. We have had words of people while they've been praying, seeing you walk into hospital rooms, Lord. And we have heard testimonies of people who have encountered you on hospital beds, um, not only with COVID, other things that they've been battling and how you have walked in. And in that moment, you know, something shifts. And I, it makes me think of of the chosen Lord where where Mary is, is questioned about her healing. And she goes, I, I don't know, I was one way before and, and now I'm something different. And the thing that happened in between was him. And so Lord Jesus, we, we, we ask Lord that you would happen to each and every person who is struggling with COVID right now in Jesus name, who needs breath in their lungs or struggling with depression or what fear and anxiety, whatever it is that you alone know what we need, Lord. And I pray that you would be the the distinguishing factor that transforms each and every life, Lord Jesus. We need you. We need you. We've always needed you. And you know this, Father God, you prepared this. That's why you sent your son so that we would recognize our need and you made away a provisionary source. And so Jesus, come. Holy Spirit, come into our lives this morning across the globe. Empower your church, Lord. Empower your people to empower and bring freedom to others in Jesus' mighty name. Yes. Awesome. Um, so uh, we decided that uh, this month we're going into Deeply Rooted. We're expanding on that. And um, for me, I personally, I know that some of the things that have really pushed me into pursuing it being deeply rooted have been the testimony of other people. The testimony of other people in their lives have been actually really revelatory to my own because it allows me to be challenged in certain areas, but also 
to reflect upon my own life and the choices that I'm making or so on and so forth. And so over the course of the rest of the month, and we don't know what that's going to look like, but we'll keep you posted. But live streaming is definitely how we're going to do this, whether it be in somebody's home um, or we're talking to people in other places, even around the world. It This is what it's going to look like for sure right. until we can safely open our doors and we'll keep you posted on that. So, um, and this too will pass it. There's a time that this will end and we'll be back together celebrating back together. But like when we look back at this and retrospectively, uh, we'll probably laugh at these days. It'll, it'll, it'll pass quite quickly. And we'll go back to a very similar feel, look and feel most importantly, being together again, mm -hmm. which we all long for, but this is quite neat. This is a new experience. Yeah. And a growth zone for us. So um, today we're we're gonna open up um, our deeper discussion, like how do we go deeper and how do we get equipped to go deeper by looking at a few different things. Now, while we were praying about this, the scripture that really uh, stood out was Matthew sixteen. The story is about Jesus walking with his disciples to. Caesar Philippi. So get out your Bibles, open up to Matthew 16. We're starting in verse 13. Maybe grab a notebook or something because you're not going to see this all on the screen. But we feel like like the Lord has um, given us some tools for you this morning that will really help navigate the waters we find ourselves in. So here we go. I am reading out of this CSB right now. So I'm starting in verse 13 of Matthew 16. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the son of man is? And they replied, some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But you, Jesus asked them, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus responded, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my father in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter and on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will have been bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will have been loosed in heaven. Then he gave the disciples orders to tell no one that he was the Messiah. And so what I felt like as this scripture kept coming back and Jesus saying, who do you say I am? You know, this last five weeks with Scott not present has been, a re I'm going to talk personally, has been a real pressure cooker uh, for me as we've had to navigate quite a few absolutely absurd and ridiculous things. I mean, like it's been almost <laughs> twilight zone. Um, and and uh, Scott, strange. yeah, Scott yeah. has said to me, uh, you know, how's your baptism by fire? And uh, how that I have been put through a crash course in pastoring. So it's like, um, it has definitely been a pressure cooker. I feel the pressure all around me. And one of the things that in having to rely on the Holy Spirit, like, what do you, what do I do in this situation? How do I respond to this particular person or all of that stuff pivoting consistently? One of the things that the Lord has shown me is that when I feel that pressure, that's really when what I believe about who he is to me is revealed through how my heart is dealing with that particular circumstance. And um, what are the things that I'm leaning into? Am I leaning into fear? Am I leaning into anxiety? Am I leaning into insecurity? Am I leaning into all of these things? And so this question, who do you say I am, has been a question that the Lord has been bringing forward. Like, who do you believe that I am for you? And because the reality is that revelation or the shadows within our own hearts are the things that actually hinder us or help us, depending on how we answer those questions, to move into a deeper relationship with the Lord. They will either keep us at bay, keep that door closed, or they will swing that door wide, wide open. Now, 
honey, I wanted you to be a part of this conversation because I really felt like the Lord said you had some information that could really help us in this time. So babe, I'm going to turn it over to you about how growth happens. Excellent. Thank you. Um, Part of the discovery first in in this question about who is Christ to you is is just a self-discovery moment. And that's defining what you are in the moment. So I've got a little object lesson and, and here we are. Let's just say this is you for a second here, this little, little orange. And um, this representation, the circle is very important in this representation. This is take it me back when we'll say when I was a teenager and whatever growth started as a seed and grew to a certain point in this, there is an element that this wants to grow but it needs to be nurtured. It needs to, as it sits on a tree, it's got to have the sun. It's got to have the soils. It's got to have the tree. You know, all of the things are happening through the complex way that God's created this world. So I'm going to park that on the side here. And we all are something in the moment. And there's a self-discovery to truly, what are you in this moment? Are mm-hmm. am, am I an orange? Am I an apple? What are you? So as you lean into Christ. He will define these things to you. He will show you what you are in his eyes. Cause really it's only the opinion of Christ that matters. That's it. Absolutely. It's who are we? What are we? And when you embrace and, and move into Christ, he will grow you. He will make things better. Well, here's the thing about growing is if we look at the natural processes throughout life, growth always comes with stretching, with ripping, with a breakdown of something that has a created order to become better. So if you want to get stronger muscles, then you're going to have to rip them apart. And as they rebuild, they come back in stronger. Mm -hmm. This was a really pivotal lesson that I learned. Uh, I went away on a management development course back in, no, it was probably 2013-ish range. And I learned a, a life major lesson for me. As you all know, we have four children and sometimes our our parenting styles aren't always the same as most people uh, don't. And in many ways, I wanted to protect my children probably from some of the struggles and some of the pains that I've, I've gone through. And while I was on this management development course, I learned that, you know, the, the first thing they did was they wanted you to discover that this is who you are. And once you've discovered who you are, they talked about the things in life that make you grow. How do you go from this to this? How do I get that growth? Because when I retrospectively look at my life going backwards, when it's all said and done, I don't want to be a real small one. I want somebody that's got a lot of fruit, a lot bigger of we can maturity. Call it, Let's call it. You can maturity. call it accomplishments, maturity. Let's call it maturity. Growth. Yeah. Um. But I, I, I definitely want to see my life produce much fruit, and in that, um, I've created a little zone here, a little diagram. I love object lessons. I have to hold it up, baby. And so, in this, we've got three zones here. The first little zone is what I was describing at first: is that your comfort zone is the inner circle. That's where you naturally live. That's where you naturally want to be. You will always want to and default to your comfort zone. However, in life, God just doesn't want us to live in our comfort zones. And if you live in your comfort zone all your life, you won't even become this. You'll stay as the seed that created this thing. So this getting to this size is evidence that there's been some growth. There's been some stretching. And that stretching is called stress. Stress, I used to think, was a bad thing. But it can and, be sometimes if not managed well. Well. Or understood. That is actually the next step over. That's what I drew here is that in this circle of you and your comfort zone, the inner circle, the next outer circle is the stress zone. And the next circle after that is called the panic zone. Now, You don't want to be living in the panic zone. The panic zone kills, it destroys. And if you're in there too long, this thing will rot and you you will die. 
But the stress zone is the, 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 the key to the point is that when you're living in that stress zone, that's when growth happens. So to go from here, to go from here, you need to, one, live in the stress zone. You got to keep taking in the nutrients, the fruit. You got to keep growing to eventually become something like this. So stress. Yeah. I used to think it was bad for, for myself. And I had an incorrect perspective, an incorrect understanding as to how to parent, how to walk in relationships in our marriage, how to walk in relationships at work. Um, the stress zone creates growth in me. It's something that's I'm not comfortable with. But as I walk into that stress zone and learn how to overcome it, and we'll talk about, Tabitha's going to talk about what are the tools that you need to take in in order to be successful in those moments. But if you embrace it, you will see over time that you've stretched yourself, you've grown, and that little circle of comfort that used to be comfort for you, as you overcome in the stress, your circle grows and grows so that you naturally can overcome what used to stress you out won't stress you out anymore. True. And so just on the last point of that, as being a parent, what that taught me was one of the most important things is to let my children go through some stress. They won't grow if they don't go through some stress. The key is not to let them go through so much stress that they stop growing. Yeah. Okay. So I think that's a, a life lesson with what the Lord does with us. Absolutely. In fact, it reminds me of one day when I was uh, journaling and doing some reading, the Lord had me park in Psalm 70 and 71. And I read it through and I'm like, Lord, I don't understand this. I don't know what you're trying to tell me. And and in my journaling, the Lord said to me, go back and read it again and, and categorize what is the character, what's being said about God, what is being said about the enemy, and what is being said about the the pursuer, or I called it the servant in, in the um, CSB that I was reading it in, because that's the word it used. And as I did it, you know what I discovered? It said in there that, and these are now I'm paraphrasing my own words, but basically the gist was that the Lord uses these difficult times to awaken us to pursue him. So the the stress zone is actually meant uh, or can be used by the Lord. I shouldn't say meant by the Lord, but used by the Lord to awaken us, to recognize where we are lacking. And I love how Graham Cook puts it because he always says, when you encounter those difficult moments, it's God wants to be something for you in that moment that you have yet to recognize him as up into that moment. And Graham tells some pretty crazy stories about things that he had to encounter. But it's like, so he he provokes with this question, God, who do you want to be for me right now in this moment that you haven't been? So like for the Cambridge Vineyard, right. we could be asking ourselves today with so many of our friends battling COVID, we could be asking right now, Lord, who do you want to be for the Cambridge Vineyard in this moment right now that you couldn't have been had we not walked through this moment? That's right. And yeah. I love that perspective that Graham shares. And yet when we look at the scriptures, you know, we find that this stretch zone or stress zone or this tearing down of something in order for it to be rebuilt um, over and over as a pattern in scripture, right? With the purpose that it's good. And that's what you often don't see in the stress. You see the negative. You see or are overwhelmed because it's not your comfort spot at least at yet and what it is is it's an opportunity to overcome and when you overcome you stretch you grow and where you walk from is no longer that same challenge and in that there's a discovery of who god is mm -hmm. which which is just to throw a couple scriptures in yeah, there let's throw a couple um, stories in there so there are three highly venerated individuals in scripture that i personally love because they're filled with prophecy they have incredible stories, but we see them again and again. So who are these three individuals? Um, we'll go in order of the way they appeared in scripture. So one, Moses. Yep. So we see an incredible man of God who God called him his friend. 
and God defended him as his friend. You never spoke against Moses because then you're speaking against God. It was it was a, it was a friendship. You know, they were distinct and and different from each other. But when you become God's friend, it's it's neat to see that he, he defends you. He is with you. Yeah. He, he there's a closeness and Moses's path. If you look at his path, it it started with him killing somebody and running from Egypt, and yet it ends with he's the most humble man in the world. He's very gentle and loving. He he used to walk into the presence of God and his face would be illuminated. They'd have to put veils over top of him mm-hmm. because the glory of God shone off him because he spent so much time with God, which is truly part of that transformation process. Yeah. Um, so Moses does show up again, shows up at the, the transfiguration with Jesus. Uh, with Jesus. And, and that's, that's yeah. where I bring in my other, one of the other favorite characters in scriptures, Elijah, who has an incredible story, but these stories with Moses and Elijah, if you look at their lives, it wasn't just comfort. No. It wasn't a road of singing Kumbaya around the campfire. <laughs> it wasn't sitting at the cottage with, you know, the lake being in a glass. No, there were, it was tumultuous. There were storms. There was great, great adversity, adversity, pain. Well, Elijah gets to a point where he goes like, God, I'm the only one that, serves you. That's it. And God has to, Hey buddy, uh, you're not the only one. I've got 200 in this cave. And there's a, there, I thought it was 7,000 more. But there might've been 7,000. Yeah. The point is he only saw in part. And yet, you know, in many ways he was, he was very close with the Lord. So he, he was on the inner circle, usually knew what was going on very close with the Holy spirit. And yet he only saw in part, only heard in part. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it's just like us. We yeah. only hear in part, see in part. And they went through great stresses. Like he had a king and a queen trying to constantly kill him. Yeah. And you sit there and go, well, Lord, where's your blessing and all of that? The Lord's blessing was all over him. Just guess what? Sometimes it's not just about us. Sometimes it's about maybe what God's doing globally over nations, yeah. over governments. Yeah. And we got to sometimes not have that oh, that's just about me. Maybe there's more than me that's going on in that picture. So we got Moses and Elijah. And and I'll bring in just the third guy quickly, King David. Here's another guy that we see throughout prophecy. He becomes the great king. And eventually Jesus sits on the throne of David, right? And it's, it's, there's some metaphors in there and, and, and what all that means. But King David was the one that, took the nation of Israel to its pinnacle. And King David, if you watch, he he spent seven years in the wilderness running again, a king trying to kill him. And you sit there and go, where's God's blessing in that? Once again, there's much, there's a greater story. There's there's much bigger. And sometimes my wife would always say this to me as, as we were parenting is, honey, you got to think generationally. You got to think more than yourself. It's about our kids. It's about their kids' kids. As we look at to invest and think about our children and where do we spend our time and money? And she made me think bigger, made me take a different perspective that wasn't so internal or selfish, which is uncomfortable for me at the time. And it's this stretching again, stretching to become bigger, the point that I've grown and I've become bigger. I'm comfortable. It doesn't stretch me anymore. It's not a stress point because they overcame it. So Tabitha, could you tell us what are the tools that we sure. need in order to be successful? How do the people, how do we, and let's give examples from our lives. How did we grow in the stress? Because every single person, there's not one of you out there right now mm-hmm. that isn't feeling stress. There isn't an, and then, guys, that's an opportunity for you to grow. Absolutely. So how do we do it? We, well, one of the, one of the things that is consistent over, um, I love that you brought up David because um, this David is, we have a whole book, um, the book of Psalms, that really reveals the heart of David and how he navigated mm-hmm. overcoming, um, acknowledging the difficulties, the pain, the frustration, the sorrow, you know, the panic, the depression. At one point he says, you know, that he was depressed. And by the way, just just to come in here, we do this all the time. Um, David wasn't afraid to yell at God. 
He wasn't afraid to just blah. To share the the authentic, he was transparent authentic. self. Yes, you know the the you know the part that your family sees at home, not the part that you no. present when you walk out the door or somebody walks in your because house. Because we're influencing other people in those points, but God does right. want you to share your heart truly. You can't hide anything from Him, anyways. Right. So why stop? Why not try? Be very transparent with the Lord. So this is. Um, one of the first things that I'll say is a tool to use, and we see it through multiple times in scripture, even Jesus modeled it was prayer. And mm-hmm. and that this prayer piece, there's two pieces to prayer. So I'm going to call this prayer where we actually reveal, like open up this chamber of our hearts and reveal what's truly going on. You know, those things that we think that we don't necessarily say or the things that we feel that we don't necessarily share with people, but they're stirring in us. You know, I have had times where I have been so rocked, either offended or upset because of something didn't turn out the way that I wanted it or afraid, whatever the case may be, where I have literally ran into my office or my closet or my bathroom, whatever the case may be to, uh, to avoid people, you know, the fight, flight, freeze, uh, and I flight, but then I flight into the arms of God and I, I shut that door. I have myself a good cry and I say to the Lord, um, and you know, that happened, that happened on Saturday, actually Saturday, because on Saturday we actually buried Nana. Yeah. And on Saturday night, having had to navigate some COVID stuff in the morning, not being able to live, I mean, pre-record our stuff and and problem solving to get to this point, I was overwhelmed at that moment um, because, of course, bearing Nana made me think of Lava, my grandmother that died in March, which I haven't really fully grieved. It's going to come up right here. Joel's nodding his head. Yep, mom, I feel it. And And I had a moment. And a moment of prayer and transparency brings an authenticity uh, to the relationship between the Lord and yourself. Right. And and the Lord speaks back. Right. I, I was I was in my journal because I knew I could feel the emotion rising and I could feel the powerlessness rising up in me, a belief system of being mm. powerless. Right. And I began to talk to the Lord about how I was feeling, but also what I needed. And I said, Lord, I really need at this particular moment, your grace, your mercy. And what I discovered as I began to make phone calls was he gave me more than that. He answered with grace and with mercy, but he also gave me compassion and kindness, you know, through managing all of this, this stuff with public health. All of these things kind of came at once to Tabitha. And it's usually does happen like that. Like, you will be sitting, calm waters, yeah. life's beautiful, and then you, the stretch moment comes. And the stretch moment comes, sometimes it comes 20 different ways, and it all happens at once. When that happens to you, that's the opportunity. Don't lose sight. Remember that. That's the opportunity. That's the stretch moment. And in that, where and what she did, victory point number one is prayer. You go to the Lord in prayer, and the moment is, as she said, the Lord is with her. She's the Lord speaks. Yeah, How did so the Lord bring comfort in that, this moment? So this is me sharing. And there are times when I've gone to the Lord and I have uh, unpacked, opened up my chest and said to him, you know, this is what I'm feeling. This is why I'm feeling what I'm feeling because of this, 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 and this, you know, this person did that or that, that person did this. And, and then I said, but I understand that you have a different perspective because you see the whole picture. You see the, end from the beginning. And and so, Lord, why don't you share with me your perspective? Which leads me to step number two. Okay. The second tool in the tool belt to overcoming and to allowing the stretch zone to actually grow us and not to break us, like live in the panic zone, is actually listening prayer. And I know no better way to do listening prayer than to journal. This is my journal right now. This journal, I started it at the end of April, April 30th was my first date. Look how thick that is. Um, this is the Lord and I <laughs> journaling together every morning and every night, which was a revelation that the Lord gave me uh, going back to the tabernacle. You know, there were certain in the Holy of Holies and even outside 
in the um, outer courts, there was the sacrifice of the morning, the, the sacrifice of the evening, which I take it as recognizing Jesus's sacrifice for me. That gives me the right to enter into the presence of God. There was the prayer of incense that was done morning and night. There was the lamps that were lit and tended to morning and light. There was the bread that was tended to morning and night. And so the Lord really spoke to me about coming before him as the daughter of his heart, morning and night, to listen to what he had to say to me. And, and, and all of that, um, that Tabitha, she's taking an Old Testament analogy and moving into what we do today, knowing that the, even the book of Hebrews um, goes on in detail that all of those things as set up were an image of the heavenly places. They're the things that are happening. And so it's it's wonderful to see that, that Tab is watching a model and taking that model and putting it into practice in practicality today. So one, prayer. And Two, in the prayer, listening. Prayer. listening so, and then she writes down, she's journaling, making a moment where she can quiet herself and listen to what the Lord is actually saying to her in the moment. And I'm not a great journaler, mm. but in the journaling moment, every time I've done it, I've been shocked as to what I see. I have a, a higher mistrust than, than Tabitha, and it probably comes from the working world. And in that, I, I'm hesitant to go and journal because of the, I wonder if this is just me. Sure. And I, I battle that too. But there is a part where faith is a choice, just like love is a choice. And and I got it. And scripture says that, you know, when we ask for things that line up with what his desires are for us, his desire is for us to hear him. Um, you know, he says, I am the good shepherd and my sheep hear my voice. So his desire is to create a an image in me that reflects his image, that I look like him. So I reflect upon those things when I start and I ask the Holy Spirit, God, the Father and Jesus to come and talk to me. That's how I open every part of my journals is, um, you know, either, hi, Father God, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, here I am, the daughter of your heart. This is the posture I'm coming with and, and you are a good father. And I unload my stuff and then I wait. And sure, it sounds like my own voice in my head and I, that's the purpose of writing it down. But some of the greatest revelations that we have ourselves as received as a family directive have come through journaling. So that is part of the, the process. And so in that, in that moment, um, that is faith. And the scriptures say it is impossible to please God without faith. Um, so that was the second tool is the listening yes. prayer. And Habakkuk talks about that, you know, to write down what you get from the Lord, because it will prove true in the right date in the right season at the right hour. And, you know, at the beginning of this, just before Scott went on sabbatical, one of the things that the Lord actually said to me in my journal was, you know, this is going to look like things are going to be unraveling. Do not panic. I am removing the tent peg. The tent is falling down. So it looks like it's falling apart. However, I am stretching it forward and increasing the capacity, the stretch zone. The growth is ha is going to happen during this season. In the stretch zone, that's where we're talking about how are you overcome. Point one was prayer. Point two listening, journaling, um, listening prayer. We've got two more points. Point three being the word, the word of God. And and the reason why I, I love the word of God is because that's how God reveals who he is and who he wants to be identified as. You know, when he appears to Moses um, to show Moses his glory, he says to Moses that um, he is you know, I am the Lord abounding in loving kindness, merciful, you know, he, he gracious, but also just. And, and so these things that the Lord defines for us are the things that I hold on to because he says to hold on to everything that is good, right, and true. And this is from a perspective of his truth, not our truth, you know, because he sees the whole picture. So on Saturday, when I was having a meltdown and still not feeling that connection with the Lord after pouring out and saying what I needed, the next thing that I did was I, I quieted myself and I began to reflect upon the things that he says are true. Lord, I thank you that you never leave me. And in saying that, oof, a flush of the Holy Spirit, his presence came. Yeah. You know, I thank you, Lord, that you supply all of my needs. 
and woof, the Holy Spirit comes. I thank you, Lord. And I began to declare the word of the Lord as I knew it through the scriptures of what he says about how he deals with us. And at each time I did that, the Holy Spirit came with a flush of his presence and the panic that I was living in began to subside. And I began to enter into the place of peace because Jesus is our peace, which leads us to point number four, which is the presence of God. Yeah. The presence of God is the ultimate game changer because it really is, like you said, it matters what he thinks and what he says about us. That's right. And that presence comes with peace. It says that the Holy Spirit is our comforter, you know, and he is the revealer to us of what is on the heart of the Father. He is himself the Spirit of the Father, and he is the one that causes us to grow. So the presence of the Lord is tangible. We often talk about the Spirit, and the Spirit is invisible and you wonder how is this practical how can i grow in faith how can i have that faith to take that step i mean you've been a christian for a long time maturing in that but as a as a young believer somebody that's new to getting to know christ the creator of all the presence of the lord is the thing that i i remember being a young believer that drew me in Mm-hmm. It's what captured my heart. Our paths are different. And I always feel God's presence in worship. That is, it's consistent. Me too. It would be close to 100% of the time now. Was it always 100%? No. No, it's been a journey for myself. Uh, but as a young child, it started as a young child. I was blessed to go to a Christian school. My first experiences with the Lord were all in worship. Yeah. In those moments, even though I was a high energy, rambunctious kid, right? Um, it was in those things that I could quiet myself in to know that the Lord is with me, loves me. And we go back to where we started. You got to define what you are. You got to know what you are. And in knowing what you are, when you start to stretch and take these tools, prayer, journaling, the word the and presence. the presence of God. This is the transformation process of becoming from the seed to this, to this. Some of the greatest times of all of that culminating together have been in the most difficult times. For me, it was when I couldn't walk. And when I couldn't walk, I was left with not being able to do anything, but like roll off the bed onto the floor. And, and it was in, learning from Heidi Baker, really, who would who would wait on the presence of the Lord and ask him to come because she too, I mean, at that time when we knew Heidi from the very beginning, was suffering in major ways health-wise. And so it was Heidi's story that provoked me to actually invite the Holy Spirit to come into that moment where I couldn't walk. And in that moment with the presence of God so tangible, and for a while, that's all he did was come very heavily. And I said, what is this? And he said, don't worry, it's just me. And I began to feel that grow almost like a, a water bottle, you know, the two liter jugs of pop. If you were to empty that out, but then begin to fill it with water, you could feel the weight of it. And it was very, very weighty the presence of the Lord. But then from that, being in the weighty presence, that's where he led me into the prayer. He would have me pray through Ephesians 5 and 6, you know, consistently on the daily. He would then say, get your Bible, open up, open up to this. And he would begin to unpack truths to me. And so I see the prayer, the the listening prayer of the journaling, because I, I did write it down, the word of God and the presence of God come together. And Also, I had worship on at the same time because that is a music is a way to focusing our mind onto certain aspects in the truth of a worship song. And so all of those things come together and they were transformative for for my walk with the Lord, you know, which then leads me to this is how we're going to close off before we go into worship. So just we're getting to the end of this. Thank you for bearing with us. But it leads us into Ephesians 6. It talks about the armor of God. And I have often heard, you know, people say, put on the full armor of God, you know, put this on, you know, and it makes me think of 300. Um, But when I, when I read it and I, I ponder it before the Lord, I get a different kind of thing. Plus Ephesians, Ephesians six has a whole other revelatory piece to it that God revealed when we were teaching children. 
it was transformative. And so the the armor of God is to help us to stand, not necessarily to run into a raging battle to go rawr. Sorry, Addie. Um, but but more about learning how to remain in that place with God, even in the stretch zone, or to pull out of the panic zone back to the stretch zone. And I love, I love the the things that are revealed in that. And you find that you can if using the tools of prayer, of, of journaling, of the word, of presence with worship, you find all of these things come to the forefront. And so the first one is truth. And that truth, again, you know, for, for the shadows that lie in our hearts, which are doubt, we doubt that God is with us in the time of trouble. We doubt that he is listening to our prayers. We believe that people are other people are more valuable to him than our own lives, which is contrary to what scripture says, because Jesus himself said, for God to love the world that he gave his only begotten son, you know, so that anyone, everyone who wanted to could receive this, this truth of God's love. So Truth is the first thing. And I always take it as that's God's truth. And that's why the word of God is so important to discover what his truth is. You need the self-discovery moment. Um, We are all semi-self-deceived. I do a lot of traveling with work. And where I go in each place, there's a culture. A culture are the invisible things Mm -hmm. that are the way people behave in those cultures. That's truly what culture is. And people are often unaware of it. They just do it because everybody else is doing it Mm -hmm. and they don't actually know why they do it. And so what happens when you, we go back into these things, you spend the time with the Lord, which are your overcoming tools and the stretch zones, prayer journaling, um, getting into the word and, and however it is experiencing his presence. What that does is it, it illuminates it. It provides truth into the moment where you may think you've got to figure it out, but you actually don't got it figured out. Mm-hmm. I'm speaking from personal experience of myself. And the Lord brings his truth and he introduces or interjects truth into the moment so that you can once again overcome, adjust, and stretch and become mm-hmm. greater and bigger is what she's trying to do. This is the maturing process of which Absolutely. she's taking us. Righteousness is the second thing that we find there. It's defined as a breastplate, right? And I think that is to gird our own hearts with the understanding that because Jesus says that he has done everything to make us righteous, we have exchanged in the process of of receiving him as our Lord and Savior. There is an exchange and we talked about righteousness for a while when we did Putty Putman's book, you know, way back there. And you can go into our archives and, and check that out. But the righteousness of, that we are clothed in because of Jesus is the other thing that we need to remain in. So when the doubts rise within us about our significance or our value to God or how he how he relates to us, that God's angry with me or whatever the case may be, we forget this. The truth is that we are in right being with God and we need to live from that perspective when we pursue him. Like that's important. Otherwise I'm not going to go to him. It's going to hinder my intimacy level with him. If I believe something different that I'm not acceptable, which then understanding living in his perspective of truth with his righteousness girded around us causes us to live in what not anxiety, but peace. Right. And the Prince of peace now manifests and that, that affects how we walk through these difficult times when we know that we are fully loved and we know that this is, we are fully accepted, that the door has been swung open to come into his presence, as Paul says, you know, and John says that he's made a way for us to come into his presence. When we hold those things as truth and just by faith, grab a hold of them, even if we're not sure we believe them, you know, or we have doubt there, but we exercise that choice of faith. We find peace, in those moments to walk through the difficult times. Yeah, we, we will enter some ter- turbulence. We might grab onto the, the hand of the seats for a second in that turbulent moment. But if we lift our eyes to look at the Lord, we, we, we see he is full of joy. He's not full of panic. There's no existential crisis going on in God. There is the peace that walks through the storm, like the waves of Jesus walking through the storm and Peter stepping out on, you know, which then leads to faith. And again, Faith to me is a choice. <laughs> it's a choice. It's a choice. Yes. Right. 
But there's also a gift of faith. There is a gift. So of faith. as you start to exercise it, like any muscle, as you start to tear these things down and, and, and break them and build them up, it gets stronger and stronger and stronger. Faith is an, a decision to step forward. Mm-hmm. But once you step forward, it becomes easier and easier and easier. It's like learning to ride a bike or walk or run. It does. And, and you get stronger. It does. Like you... The first time um, the Lord asked me to teach something I had no uh, concept on, you know, yeah. it was actually in this Ephesians 6. And the Lord's saying, I want you to teach this to the kids. And you're going to go verse by verse um, every month. You're going to take your time through it. And as soon as I hit the second verse in, in that, I, I encounter trouble because it says to stand firm against the tricks of the devil. And I said, Lord, I, I don't even know what the tricks of the devil are. I, I don't understand. It took a month of waiting upon the Lord to the last night. It's Saturday night. I still don't hear anything. It's 10 o'clock at night. I, I, I say to the Lord, I'm going to bed. Wake me up when you're ready to tell me. And I put my, my journal beside me because I did not know. And I wasn't going to teach something I didn't know. Like, I don't know how to stand firm against the tricks of the devil. Right. And, and then from there, I wait wake up at midnight and, you know, two o'clock in the morning, I'm stirred again. I wake up, Lord, wake me up when you're ready at four o'clock in the morning. I am sleeping. But in that sleep zone, all of a sudden I begin to hear a voice that says to me, Tabitha, the tricks of the devil are the same today as they were from the beginning. And scripture gets knit together between Genesis chapter uh, three and Matthew chapter four, and the Lord talking about the three ways that Satan tries to trick us and, you know, like go and make bread for yourself, you know, fill your need kind of thing. And he um, begins to unpack that for me in such a way that I got up and, you know, the rest of the story, we immediately got ready to teach this at the nine o'clock and 11 o'clock services that morning. And so that was an area where it was like, that was a huge stress zone and stress zone for me, but it, it cultivated in something in me that I am confident that if I wait, God will answer me. And so I know now for certain beyond a shadow of a doubt through learning that through that experience, he will answer me. So I approach him with an expectation of an answer. I'm maybe I'm a little cocky in that, but I come with him absolutely expecting him to answer me and that he will answer me in truth. I, I would say that that is just part of your maturing process and you've matured to the point where you were very um, insecure in your relationship with the Lord. Totally. And as you've spent time, cause this is all about spending time mm-hmm. making conscious decisions to spending that precious resource, that asset spent time you grew. Yeah. And so as we, as we kind of recap what we're talking about here is that in, in the moment of everybody's lives out there, every single one of you right now in this moment is, has got a, a moment of stress, a moment that is making you stretch beyond the areas of comfort, the areas that are natural and the areas that you naturally just want to retreat to. But recognize in that, that when you're being stretched, that opportunity is going to make you grow and mature you into something beautiful and fine. You can't build a muscle unless you rip it apart. We have to actually destroy things to create something beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, this table that we're sitting on here used to be a tree. You had to destroy part of it to create something beautiful. And and in those moments, what are the tools that if these aren't all the tools, but these are some of the tools. There are some of the tools that have led to, you've been hearing stories here about, what are the steps that we've done to mature ourselves somewhat as we continue to grow in this life? We've got plenty of time left to, grow to continue yeah. and grow. Um, but those those steps as a recap are we, we you started with prayer and prayer led to a more intimate prayer, which, which we called journaling or listening prayer. Jour- journaling was. You know, you can't get there unless you're going to take a step of faith. And that Mm -hmm. step of faith, you're going to believe that God is going to speak to you and you're going to write down stuff. And it's pretty cool if you take this journaling and and look years back, you can see a maturing Mm -hmm. of yourself, a growing of um, in that step. Step three was spending time in the word. Mm -hmm. Know the word. Because in your stretch moment, you're being challenged. You're being challenged. There's seeds of doubt. There's things that you don't know. That's where the insecurity comes. The word gives you a baseline, a foundation point that you can be confident in, go back into rely to help you to grow. And our last 
point there was just the presence of the Lord. Sometimes you don't need to figure it out up here. Yeah. I'm heavy that way more than her and default to the engineering side that I am. And I, I like to figure things out, but there are times that you can't figure things out. Things are greatly overwhelmed, especially in moments of sickness when we're going through moments of great chaos. And in that the presence of the Lord is the thing that you, you fight to. Um, how does that happen? I mean, for me, one simple way is you feel that stress, you feel the chaos attack you, you worship. You cut the moment like Paul and Silas did in prison and you worship which and it, goes it back, changes everything. Which goes back to the armor and, and that, that helmet of salvation, because why do we turn to the Lord to worship? But is it not for the, his saving grace that has come to save us all? And so putting on that helmet to me looks like taking those thoughts captive, as, as the Lord says, and putting them under the good grace of God to save and to rescue and to restore and to redefine. I mean, those things are very, very valuable. They speak to our worth, right? They do. And they do. and then it was like the yeah. the shield of, of faith, which we've talked about, um, and prayer. Pray at all times. Really reveal your heart. Be transparent and authentic with God and allow him to redefine how you're seeing the world around you, the world within you, and how you relate to him. And that's basically where we're landing. So we will see you hopefully next week. Thanks for sticking in with us. Hopefully this was equipping you to battle the pressures you're feeling at this particular moment as we navigate things, not only individually, but also corporately as a church during this time. But we understand that being in the stretch zone is being in the growth zone. And so we're looking forward to the growth that God is bringing through this stretch zone. Awesome. Right? So Jeff, why don't you pray us out, babe? Awesome. Okay. So Lord, we once again, thank you for your word. We thank you for your revelation in this moment. You speak to us all individually. And as you are speaking to every single person listening, we pray that your good work would come to fruition in each individual, that as people are walking these moments, these stress moments in their lives, that they would see that it's an opportunity, an opportunity to grow, to mature, and to overcome that moment so that the next time that they enter into these things, that they're not stress zones, they've overcome. They're just more mature. We pray for your maturity in all of us. Mm -hmm. We pray for your continued revelation and your continued visiting your presence with us as we venture out into this world where we struggle not against flesh and blood. Help us know that you're with us. Help us see you. And uh, we thank you. We thank you for this moment. We thank you for everybody online here. We just pray a blessing upon them that uh, your face would shine upon them that your countenance would be towards them, that you'd grant everybody here peace Mm -hmm. in Jesus' name. So we bless you. Go with God this week, and we'll see you next week. God bless.